This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week. Sitting to my left is Daniel Prue. Daniel, uh, it's now Captain Picard Day. It's actually, it's weird. There's three of them in the year now. I think someone's getting a little, you know, big for his britches. But uh, have you prepared your craft for the judging at the end of this podcast? I absolutely have. And, you know, I, I've worked really hard all year on this. I've made a Captain Picard piñata, which I call mm. a Picard yada. Yeah, oh, that's that's already earning you points. Very good. Well, and I'm also yes. joined by science teacher Philip Gilfus. Philip Gilfus. I mean, maybe something in clay. I mean, Daniel's kind of you know got a corner on the pinata market, but uh, well, well, look, look when when those poor kids um, are beating up that picardiata and the steaming hot Earl Grey tea burst out of it onto oh, them. Gosh. I think they'll be coming to look at my. Um, selection which i totally remembered was today um (laughs) and i have not made a rudimentary lathe that resembles picard Um, get off the line (laughs) philip (laughs) now remember replicated items will not be acceptable as submissions you can tell you and your your rules But uh, actually, no, Captain Picard Day is not what we're going to be talking about today, but we are going to be talking about Captain Picard, our beloved captain, mentor to children, and, you know, head of the Enterprise. But like we're going to be like talking... Like an orange head of the Enterprise? No, uh, a little more like a... Be- well, no, yeah, just... It's a, it's a little shiny, I'm just going to say, but... Do, uh, do you really want, it, like, your first qualification for Captain Picard to be mentor to children? I don't I just, I mean, like, we get in the first episode... we get the things the... he was known for... <laughs> That's his secret. He's always a mentor to children. It was how much like Santa Claus to the children he was <laughs> that... You know, we never did answer Daniel's question from several weeks ago. How would Captain Picard be remembered? Answer... Mentor to children. Mentor to children. <laughs> he would. He will now. I can be see the plaques as... now. <laughs> Captain Picard, mentor to children. Snakebot, the great librarian. <laughs> <laughs> the Captain TNG Picard will be remembered Hall of Fame. as a as a space uh, Mister Rogers. Right. That's that's kind of well, what he's he would put on that sort of red jacket, just one yep. sleeve at a time. Yep. <laughs> Take his shoes off and put on his bridge shoes. Eat his fish. <laughs> Mr. Oh, he awesome. He's like he's like feeding living city. He's like I'm feeding my fish now. No one's in the room, but he's just letting people know. Wait, wait, wait. So that tiny little door next to Livingston's uh, <laughs> tank that goes to Never Everland, or that what was it called? The, the, land the land of, of make believe. believe. Land of make believe. Thank you. Yes, I can remember. Otherwise known as the holodeck. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> the parallels are striking. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I can see Livingston as his own King Friday. And then let's see, uh, is the Argo the trolley then? And it's just like ding ding, or the captain shot. <laughs> and I, uh, I think of Riker as the mailman, <laughs> Mister uh, McFeeny. Oh, I forgot. Uh, speedy forgot delivery. There was a mail guy. Okay, emergency power to analogy generators, guys. <laughs> but uh, but no, but uh, Captain Picard being Mister Rogers is not quite what we're talking about today. And we're going to talk on Sesame Street. Go ahead. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. Oh, there's not enough puppets on that show. You know that. Um, but often people have discussed about our beloved Captain the dichotomy between TV Picard and movie Picard. 
uh, you know, Picard is the diplomat, you know, he's the nice guy. We've seen him for seven years and all these hours and hours influencing this character versus movie Picard. He's, you know, he's got his jacket off, he's got his phaser rifle, lock and load, you know, and I really thought this would be a great topic to discuss, you know, again, just while the other characters obviously are in the movies and in the show, you don't hear like that much about Worf movie Worf versus TV Worf, you know, it's it, it, but it definitely seems to, to focus on Picard. So any opening thoughts, does that ring any bells, you know, while I feed my fish over here, you know, waiting, waiting for, (laughs) what do you think? uh, What do you think, Daniel? Just to interject real quick, I will say that uh, the one wharf issue is his voice and in insurrection. I think that's a oh big gosh, guy. yes, <laughs> that's a, but anyways, that's just yes. neither here nor there. No, I, I hear the the argument a lot, um, and I get the argument. I don't, I don't even disagree with the argument there. But it's, whoa, whoa, save your rating to the end, Daniel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just the difference between the movies in general and TV, right? Like in television, like we can spend. Uh, multiple 43 minute episodes like inside Picard's mind or dealing with this one aspect of his personality or whatever in it in the movie like that's 50% of the movie and we can't just do that so um I, like I, I I don't want to say I agree or disagree because there are probably certain parts of it that I agree with it doesn't bother me as much as it seems to bother a lot of people um I certainly would have liked them to kind of you know, maybe not have to go so action heavy all the time. That does seem uh, a little heavy handed, but like, I'm sure we'll talk about, it's not, it wasn't unprecedented. It wasn't like Picard never punched somebody on the show. We certainly got that aspect of his character. Um, I mean, it took Cisco to punch Q, but I I know what you mean. (laughs) He's got a robot heart from punching people. You know, that's, (laughs) that's kind of what he does sometimes. But um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll get into it for sure. And it's, there are parts that I kind of can go along with and parts I reject, but um, I definitely understand that position. Right. And, and when you say parts you reject, I know you mean insurrection. Get over it, Daniel. Um, <laughs> I think what I think that the, the difference between movie Picard and TV Picard that's most striking is I don't remember him not having a shirt as much um, other than <laughs> nightwear and vacation wear on the TV series. Um, and I also don't remember him having um, his pair of Alpha Quadrant guns. Um, that he apparently has in the movies, um, in the TV show. Apparently, he uh, he decided to pump him up um, for the movies because uh, that guy is definitely um, he's added some protein. Is, is what, what? So I'm you're saying. comparing that shot in the movie versus like you know what Chain of Command where we see him? I mean, it's just like wow, someone's been. I mean, he did say he was hitting the gym in the movies. I mean, that's canon he, he, he right nemesis. there. Um, yeah. Okay, that's true. That's true. But you know, maybe, maybe a couple, you know, years before. He, he's he's like just like you know, I mean, I know he does eventually devolve into a lemur uh, in Genesis, but he is he is swinging from those uh, Borg tubes in First Contact, and uh, you know, I, I'm just saying, I, I, he he is definitely that why he up. developed the captain's jacket so he could like take it off, and he's got like the tank under. He's just like. Uh, data is the centigrade in this bridge is a little too warm. Yeah, I just do. You, do you even lift, sir? <laughs> no, <laughs> data. Oh, I think data. You just wrote a fanfic that I don't want to finish. Um, just moving right along. Yeah, but to be fair, <laughs> well, uh, well, data. It appears with the only two people left in engineering. <laughs> uh, sir, I've turned my emotion chip back on. <laughs> the uh the you know breaking apart the warp core here has melted all of my clothing then <laughs> <laughs> it just turns no, into patrick it, are you saying it, it just turns into skin, patrick not... stewart from extras jeez <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right so when with tv picard or t card i guess we can call him cuz that's what we do no, no, here no. in Oh gray we make up silly names for he's always t card yeah that's oh the other one that's is an unfortunate the, oh, the coincidence okay. well well, I mean, he's he's doesn't he's never coffee card. He's always tea card. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> uh, yes, I was like, where is that joke coming from? So yeah, so tea tea card. Yeah, he's he's the diplomat. I mean, we have a lot of you know examples of that. You know, I think of like Ensigns of Command with the Sheliak. I mean, that that's such a great scene where he basically dives deep into their law and just pulls it out and he's just he's making them wait for his hail and he's just enjoying 
you know, having them over a barrel, a space barrel. Damned right I did. (laughs) Uh, But we also have, like, Who Watches the Watchers, where, you know, the easy (sighs) way out of, of, you know, just taking what you need, you know, he's going to work, you know, slowly, this whole civilization kind of through this moment, and they'll have, you know, the Saturday morning cartoon ending of, well, Billy... This is why you shouldn't mess this with is why you shouldn't be a civilizations. God. G.I. Yeah. Joe. <laughs> Group laugh, freeze frame. Yeah, that definitely happened. Um, Who watches the Watchers, or as it's more commonly known, the better insurrection. <laughs> yes, we'll get to that. Uh, but, you know, he we have him dealing with several Romulan attempts to start a war. I mean, he even asks Hugh about it and, you know, the very end. Is this a Romulan plot to start a war? That was a separate question and uh-huh. it cost him because he's just so used to, <laughs> you know, the enemy. the dining set, but no. <laughs> uh, he went over by one. He should have been a dollar. But, yeah, the enemy, the defector, Tin Man, you know, all these times, dang Romulans. Uh, but also... You know, he's the negotiator. You know, we have the price, you know, the hunted Sarek, you know, I, just... I think you're thinking of the wrong captain about the negotiator. Well, uh-huh, okay. Priceline negotiator. <laughs> but only after Picard's success did uh, Kirk need to reinvent himself. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. That, to be fair, canonically, that was after um, Shatner met Picard. So he he probably, uh, you know, had some lessons or something. They bonded some in the Nexus. Next thing you know, we're uh, we're, we're saving ten percent on Geico. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> great! Sponsored today by. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, so I thought we, you know, is there anything I've kind of missed that you guys think is epitome of TV Picard? You, I, I don't we'll get disagree. to the contrast later, but I mean, just... well, no, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but but I do think uh, sometimes um, there can be a stereotype of. of Picard or TV Picard, whichever. In the twenty fourth century, we don't have stereotypes. Fill up, <laughs> right. I think. Just... Um, but like, like for instance, Starship Mine. You know, he's yeah. he's not just negotiating; he's killing Tuvok, which is my favorite <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. Book. He gets reincarnated um, as a Vulcan. Got it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have um, uh, I'm trying to think. You know, he you know he beats up Klingons in Redemption. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't overemphasize that he's a diplomat because then we're just going to talk Captain about Captain Holiday. Them. That's his. You know, he's mm-hmm. got a lot. He got a bit of action there, and Allegiance. When you so, say yeah. he got action in Captain's okay, Holiday, okay, well that's not what I meant. You know, <laughs> uh, and you know Darren's favorite episode, Gambit. You know, that's he's going undercover. You know, he's you got to punch Riker. Got to punch Riker. Right there, so yeah, no, I, I, I do, I can see that point. What, what do you think, Daniel? Have I missed any other Picard tropes? That didn't work. Uh, no, Just you... forget I said that. <laughs> I, I got what you were doing there. It just took me a second. <laughs> well, I thought um... that he and Beverly having breakfast every morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, it is. You know, I just kind of want to echo what Philip says. Uh, echoes from from the past. Philip, I guess. Anyways, um, that that I it am is the easy. guardian of forever. Sorry, I just thought we were just talking titles. Yeah, uh, we are just we are like really off the rails. Today. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> the crazy um, train to Picardville. <laughs> Anyways, um, I yeah, it was no, I just Picard Town. It was near a new back, murder Daniel, room. Bring us back, <laughs> guys, guys. Come on, let's focus. Two stops think... to crazy Picard Town. We've got to get to the Devron system. <laughs> That's where Picard Town is in the Devron system, and I dare you to tell me it's somewhere else. Uh, well, oh first goodness. things first, Darren. There is no neutral zone. Remember? Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let me answer the question here. Um, no, you know, I, 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 I was gonna give Philip a compliment and agree with him here, uh, and say that yeah, you know, it's easy to look back. I mean, what you are saying is the essence of of Picard's character, right? That's what people remember him for. Um, and that's kind of what makes him stand out, uh, not only among Star Trek characters, but among science fiction characters and general fiction characters in a lot of ways is that kind of that diplomatic kind of always looking for a, a peaceful negotiation kind of field way out. You know, that that is part and parcel of his character. That's that's a core element of who he is. Um, but as we see on the show many, many times, 
uh, when when it push comes to shove, you know, he's not a pushover, um, which no. I think is important to remember when once we start talking about the differences between uh, the movies and the show. And it's just that the show had more time and the movies were more extreme, right? The, the movies yeah. were dealing with more extreme situations. And I'm not going to make I'm not going to start. We'll get into specifics later. So I'm not going to I'm just trying to say that I agree with your your list with all of these episodes of. Picard, you know, showing his diplomatic side and kind of uh, working his way through problems that way. And I do think that we should have seen more of that in the movies because we don't really get a good sense of that in the movies. I uh, just just don't want people to forget that there was another aspect. There was that aspect of his character in the show as well. And that makes sense. I mean, that that's what makes him a rounded character. That's what makes him a captain. If he was the right. captain mm-hmm. and didn't have any sort of spine in those instances, like we wouldn't have accepted that. Yeah, that's totally true. And and I was thinking too, when you were just mentioning um, all of the times Picard kind of, you know, when he asked Q, is this a Romulan plot? Because of how many (laughs) Romulan plots he had to deal with. I was like, you know, and and this is is just a, a point to Picard's character. It's not a point against any of the other captains. But I think if you put any of those other captains consistently in that position that Picard had to deal with, uh, I don't feel like they would have had the um, deafness or the uh, carefulness, the 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 mm. caution with which he was able to kind of outmaneuver those Romulans so consistently. There might have been a Romulan war, is what I'm saying. If even yeah. any other captain, like not even just like the major captains that we see in Star Trek, but like the side captains, like the, you know, Captain... Uh, Captain uh, Fraser or whatever, yeah. you know, a lot of those people wouldn't have had that kind of well in ship uh, of the line ability. They what about Captain DeSoto and the Hood? How did they handle it? That's really <laughs> they they were lagging behind. So uh, well, yeah, and I and I think it's and again, I mean, without obviously this is going to be a Picard episode, but but without making it completely like with TV Picard, I mean. I don't know. Am I forcing the? Or y'all can tell me whether I'm forcing an arc or not. But like, obviously, the character does change from the first season and, and second season, which may just reflect Patrick Stewart changing in the role. You know, you have this sort of stolid, serious captain, and then he kind of I, I loosens up. I don't know if it's the word I want to use, but I'll go with it because I would I would set examples of where he's loose in seasons one and two, but maybe he's just not as. You know, he, he, he does start bending a little. He softens. That's, better, I think, maybe a better word for me. Maybe that just is the look of the show. But he does he more soften seasoned? a bit. That's a terrible thing That's to say ter- to a 400-year-old <laughs> captain. Um, but, yeah, I you knew know, I mean, you would finish that line. I knew. I just had to set it up, and you take it. <laughs> it's sort of like, and this is going to be just stupid, but like it's almost like it's, it's still a pyramid with him at the top, but it's sort of like a less harsh arc of a pyramid <laughs> where he's a little bit closer to the ground of the, the pinnacle, but, but you know, and, and you know, the, so the volcano, we, it dips down in the top. Yes. Okay. I mean, he dips, we dip, you dip. Um, but I think also like we talk about children, you know, the, the first episode is literally, I'm not a pounding man, Rika. And, but then, you know, he does have experiences and disaster and, and other ones, whether it's finding a fake son or all that, you know, he, he has his moments with children, you know, his nephew, um, yeah, just there's, there's just little bits of his relationship with Riker. I mean, everything. It's a whole seven years. But, you know, so there is an arc to the character. So then it's like what comes after. But Well, and, and one more Romulan plot I just remembered, Daniel, was uh, the Klingon Civil War. Like, mm-hmm. that's being influenced by the Romulans, too. It's all a Romulan plot. Yeah. So yeah. he had he had justified grounds. Well, yeah, no, bringing it now to movie Picard or I can't think of a good good name Picarm there we go put the M at the end <laughs> Picarm uh you know yeah he, he he I mean he's fighting the boar he's fighting the sona he's fighting Sinjon you know he's <laughs> the he's Romulans, fighting a lot of people the sona the borg you just get all the easy assignments, don't you, Jean-Luc? <laughs> or when that admiral's saying, you know, the Federation's been challenged by every major... Pre- yeah, and they've challenged, you know, Picard, pretty much, you know. But, but yeah, I do, you know, I like know, we've you mentioned... Know you know who steered away from Picard? The Dominion. They were too scared <laughs> of Picard and the Enterprise. That's, that's, that's the fact, folks. Look yeah. it up. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, like you guys said, you know, he did have a lot of action, you know, in the movies or you no, know, in in the TV shows, you know, with, uh, you know, 
like we said, Captain Holiday and Gambit and, and all of that. But, but yeah, but people, when they're, when they're postulating this debate, it's like, you know, this is the phaser rifle, you know, I think it, it kind of distills down to that scene in first contact where he's shooting the Borg in the holodeck. Like if people want to hold up an image to represent movie Picard there or what they don't like about movie Picard, that's usually it. There's like, is this our captain? Is this our find a way, you know, you know, just he's really upset about he wants, he wants to kill Neelix really badly. <laughs> I think you got don't. him. Yeah. Don't, don't we all? That, that is like, to me, like that, that is a perfect example of what I disagree with about this concept. Like, um, I, like, I, I just like that scene happens for a very specific reason mm. that, that, I mean, that movie that and his arc in that movie is about the breakdown of Picard. Like, um, he's gone through this traumatic thing, uh, in the show best both worlds was crazy traumatic for him. I mean, for everybody it was of course, but for Picard the most, uh, you know, I guess Cisco was probably close too, but no, no, I mean, I tease, uh, but, but <laughs> I'm um, not just <laughs> going to leave. Her. <laughs> um, but you know, and then, you know, of course we dealt with it a little bit in family and then we see it again in, uh, uh no. Iborg. Yeah. Um, and well, by the way, something I've never mentioned before, but I really love is how how effortless, uh, effortlessly Patrick Stewart slips back into that locutus like mm. I am locutus like that's so cool. He's talking that was to him. A, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Trying to intimidate him, but anyways, so we and we do deal with the repercussions of of that on Picard, but not completely. And you would think it makes sense that this man could never get over that experience. Like that was such a psychological. That's a trigger uh, for him. Yeah. So, so the events of first contact and him going crazy, like crazy with rage, like that seems like almost a, a normal human response to a situation like that. Like, uh, yeah, of course he would be like, oh, I mean, I don't like. So there are parts of it that I agree with, like, like leave, leave him behind. There's, there's no hope for that guy because you know he's not me, so we can't unborgify him. Do we? Does he even uh, have a name? Well, I guess he gets a name later. But yeah, Vincent <laughs> Lynch. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's an answer. But like the just the fact that he goes, he gets violent, he gets aggressive, he gets like that. Like there's a reason for that, and that's a reason calls back to what happened to him in the show. And like that is, and maybe it's just rose-colored glasses for first contact. But to me, that's totally justifiable. And and like we see him go crazy, not crazy, but we see him get violent in Starship Mine, like Philip mentioned, and. Those circumstances were way; those stakes were way lower than what happened in First Contact. So, I mean, you know, it's to me, it's just it's totally reasonable that this would happen, right? And, and I mean, I think it's rose-colored ocular implants that you're looking at it through. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, I think a challenge for me with um, movie Picard, so-called, is that it's always emotional. Picard, Pic- it's canon, okay? Yes, it's always <laughs> emotional, Picard. Like he, generations, he. And I, I'm not trying to make light of it. But in Generations, he's just crying half the movie. Um, I'm not saying for no reason, but I, I mean, like, that's it. Like, that's the, like, if you want to just be like, hey, someone who's never seen Next Generation, it finally came out in movie form. It's like Elf and Pog. Um, and, like, I want you to go see it. And, like, uh, no. No. Well, no. Then, not and then first not Con- a good intro. Yeah. And then First Contact, the same thing. He is emotional Picard. That is not the P- Picard that that I you know hey this is the one I've been talking about oh I mean it's a good movie don't get me wrong um but you know that would not be like oh that guy I was talking about that's not what I saw he just looks like a cool action hero um then insurrection to an extent that it, that's exaggerated it's also emotional Picard because he's insurrectioning um and and also theoretically he's being affected by the whole thing right and then nemesis is, is really only the nor- only normal Picard we get and even then I wouldn't say he's emotional, but to the extent that he has to deal with, again, exaggerated, you know, the mayor, blah, 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 blah. Um, but but I would argue, you know, with hurting a part of my liver, that Nemesis is probably the most normal Picard we get in the movie. Yes. <laughs> but then he's so old and... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, you know, it's... I I agree. Uh, now, we will we'll disagree that, like, insurrection... I don't think they should have... We've talked about this at length. I don't think they should have done what they did to him in Generations. I think 
it would have been far better um, if they just kept Picard. Like, like don't, don't kill off your family in a totally implausible situation in the 24th century. I don't get why they had to fit him with an emotion ship in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, I, you know, whatever. I mean, that was a great scene, but it wasn't worth the setup for the payoff, I guess. But I can um, see, I see what you're saying. Picard could have his conversations with Soren just as impactfully without having just experienced this tragedy out of nowhere. Exactly. And we would have got a pure, not that I, th- I don't think it affected it too much, but we would have had a more pure interaction between the Picard that we know and the Kirk, the Kirk, you know, and Kirk as well. Um, and just like Philip said, if this, if this becomes a recurring theme in the movies, we don't need to have it in that first one because it doesn't really add much to it, really. I mean, it, I guess it, it fits in with the theme, but it's stupid anyways, so whatever. I mean, theoretically, though, Generations does take place in an alternate universe, because that is not the Rene and Robert I remember. <laughs> I think this may be the J.J. Uh, Picard oh, in Generations, which would make... We didn't get... But he but he did, interacted with the Prime Kirk. This is really confusing. I don't know. We didn't get giant oversized nacelles yet, so this is definitely not the J.J. universe. Well, one thing I, I wanted to postulate was that... I mean, obviously, it's that Picard's changing. The character's changing in these movies. But is it is it some of these effects, you know, like we were saying, like, in Generations, are they are they that traumatic? Are they that different that they would push his character out of the normal, you know, what we expect him to do? You know, the, the destruction of his ship, you know, that's huge. I mean, it happens at the very end of the movie, but, you know, he he doesn't seem to... I mean, he seems to be fine on the E, you know, in, in first contact. Like, I know it's been six months or, you know. Yeah, he's willing to sacrifice it again, you know, reluctantly. At this but point, I'm 0-2 for ships. Let's go at <laughs> a third one. You know, what, well, are, what are they going to do to me? It's back in time. They're what? never going to know. They don't even <laughs> you, exist right now. If you watch the early seasons of TNG, you'll, I mean, you guys will know. He, he's very willing to set that self-destruct off <laughs> That's well, true. early on. Make a list. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but well, like, and in some ways, and, and I'm not necessarily picking on the movies, but like, theoretically, at our, at, we want Picard to save, you know, save the episode. You know, at the end, it'd be like because Picard thought of something or whatever. But like generations, I mean, if you want to call that he thought of something, he pressed the clamp button, roll eyes. I mean, like, but but that like that wasn't like you know Picard arguing at drumhead. It wasn't Picard arguing at measure of a man. I'm not saying it has to be a speech, but those are all cool things. Um, you know, but whatever. Um, and then first contact, Data saves the day, not Picard. Um, and then an insurrection. That's true. Nobody. It's like they just stumble, like, oh wait, they're related. You know that that saves the day. And then Nemesis, God, what are you doing to me, Dan? You would argue that that's the only time Picard actually outthinks, you know. I mean, it's so violent um, instead of, you know, something else besides that. But, like, ramming the ship certainly, you know, helps. But then again, you would argue data. Space physics. Throw those out the airlock with data. Uh Just like the plot. Yeah. Hey, hey, we were jumping from ship to ship way before Into Darkness, guys. So, uh, you know, we can say we're trendsetters, I guess. Well, maybe that's, yeah, yeah. No, just that's the movie timeline. you want to compare yourself to, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> well, and, and obviously some real world reactions, you know, as the movies are progressing, you know, as what happens a lot in movies is your actors get a little more input, you know, to for their characters. There's not as much... There's not, there's, not, there's not the same writing staff, you know, that's trying to carry the character forward and, you know, not, well, not 100% the same writing staff, you know, but. Braga. More. <laughs> Pillar. Let me know if any of these names sound familiar. <laughs> no, they are familiar. I mean, I haven't looked at, are we saying those three wrote every single movie? They wrote the first two. The first three. Okay. The first three. Well, I mean, Pillar wrote the third one, right? Didn't yeah. more? Yeah. Who, they wrote First Contact too. Did, or am I making that up? Yeah, more wrote more wrote first contact. And then I don't know who wrote Nemesis. I guess maybe I was meaning more the difference between like a writer's room versus like one yeah, or two I, writers yeah, yeah. for no, a movie. You know, yeah, yeah. I get that. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, we get we get some changes, but but I see what you guys saying. I mean, overall, if if I was to be polled, my opinion, I I feel like I'm shifting more towards there isn't quite as much this Picard 
TV Picard, movie Picard dichotomy, it's, it is a little more just of a, it was done well, it's circumstances, like First Contact. I mean, First Contact, as we all agree, is our, you know, favorite film, you know, it's, it, uh, and it's beautiful in sales, you know, it, it, uh, <laughs> it's the hardest one to discuss this on because we feel it matches Picard reasonably. Well, and I mean, like I said, because there's the heightened emotion in, in most of the movies, so it's it's not. And again, I'm not saying that. Well, I want the same character I know in the TV to be in, data in the movies. Will data be found in the haystack? Yeah, exactly. Will data be used <laughs> as a flotation device? See that if that would have been if the TV teaser announcer guy had done the trailer <laughs> for Insurrection. There you um, go. But so, but heightened emotions aside, it, it's it's not. I don't know because I think this is maybe the argument, right? If, if we're going to do this whole fan argument of like is is the movie depiction accurate Picard mm. and I, I I don't know if I would say it's not accurate but I would say it's only a sliver of of uh, or a portion of the Picard that we're usually seeing that's more fully in command of both himself and his crew um, and I don't, I don't know if that he, he really gets to flex <laughs> Ah. Literally, yeah, yeah, figuratively. I don't know if he really gets to flex all of his muscles in the movies. He he absolutely figuratively does. So the slice that we get to see in two and a half hours, basically, in versus hundreds of hours. Yeah. So so this is not an uncommon criticism. I don't know uh, observation. I don't know how a uh, statement. I guess opinion. Daniel, um, how do you have words? all the knowledge in your brain and don't know the word? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but people have said, and I, I to a large extent, agree uh, that Star Trek is is at its core better as a television show than as a movie. So, I mean, it, do you think it's just fundamentally an issue with translating this this thing that works better in in every way uh, as a TV show to a movie? Um, is that the issue? I mean, is that it's yeah. essentially what it boils down to, right? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I wouldn't want to have to write a TNG movie. Like if, you know, if it was decades ago and they're, you know, wanting to make a fifth movie and they're like, Darren, what story? Should-? I have no clue. I mean, I just, that's such a monumental task to try to, I mean, granted, you know, well, okay. Maybe I would say, like I've said before, I would have enjoyed something like, gambit which was about a movie length you know or some of the great two-parters we've had best of both worlds like it's been done that amount of time you know in a in a movie i think would be great so but yeah it's it's very difficult to to make a good trek movie yeah i mean like i think if you have a great guest star um and you cast them to play someone maybe from american history let me tell you what was a good two-parter yeah, i knew you were gonna bring that up <laughs> not not the two-parter i was exactly referring about but you know not not referring to um, <laughs> but the thing but so like for example let's take best of both worlds which is the best two-parter in star trek and and like even if we translated that to a movie you would have to significantly change it and like really make it different for I don't know if you would have to, but it, they would. Let's just put it this way. It would not realistically work as a movie because, first of all, they're not going to make um, Riker the main character of the movie. There's no way yeah. they would do that. And, the, and, and a lot of people forget, but the huge strength of that episode comes from, the, especially the first part, which people seem to like more, is the fact that it's all about Riker. I it's can't remember, and this probably before my time, that, Darren, you're, you're a uh, cinemaphile, you may know. I think maybe before I was born, but if not, when I was a little kid. I don't know the last movie that came out that had an intermission, but I think this could bring that back. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. intermission, intermission, <laughs> go visit the lobby yeah. for a snack. Those have been gone for quite a while. I know 2001 A Space Odyssey had it, so that would have been 70, 69, I think that was out. So I'm blanking on that. But yeah, but at least... Probably 70s was probably the last time we, we really saw that. I mean, you're talking Gone with the Wind. I'm trying to think of other ones that had intermissions. But yeah, it's it's a lost pacing art. Mm-hmm. Um, now, are all these all monolith-based movies? or <laughs> Obelisk! Obelisk! No. <laughs> well, and, and a good point. Um, I mean, I know I get what you're saying, yeah, about 
what would need to be changed in Beth of Both Worlds. I still postulate that Gambit, would, as it stands, is would actually be a, a fairly good movie. You because you have the the team dichotomy. You have, you know, you have some great scenes with Data and Worf. You know, arguing. You know, you have Picard doing his stuff behind the lines that, you know, he can't really reveal himself. So I don't think you'd have to change nearly as much for that to be a self-contained, you know, cause I mean, isn't that what a lot of times they just make the movies are just big episodes. You well, know, and that's the hard part. Well, I mean, I think Gambit's an interesting choice because of course that's Picard acting very much not like Picard. Cause he's literally acting like a different person the whole episode. Well, half but the he's archeology span Picard. Well, he's evil archeology span Picard. Yeah. <laughs> that's what makes it interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is post dated 16th century. <laughs> I'm resetting the scan for a new sample. <laughs> archeology. span uh, But no, that's true. I do. I do get that. And maybe you'd, if you put in a couple more scenes where you see him like maybe with a secret channel back to the enterprise, you know, where he snaps back into, you know, normal Picard and he's trying to reveal his, uh, his, his secrets. I don't know. But yeah, but I, I think I really like the, like I said, the team aspect of that episode where, you know, you, it's a mystery. They're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, who killed Picard, who shot, who shot JR, you know, uh, you know, Darren, um, you know who's res- who who's ultimately the bad guy in Gambit at the end of the episode. Man, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no it's the Romulans again, of the course. Romulans. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, the, the movies would have just been better if the Romulans were the bad guys. So well, just... Right. So what we're missing is the scene. Right. See, I'm going to paint a picture for you guys here. Right. Okay, are you saying that if there was a movie where Picard acted normal and the enemy was a Romulan, God bless it. <laughs> no, 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 no. So Riker and 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 Picard they go to a, a briefing on Earth, Starfleet headquarters, right? And uh, turns out the Enterprise E has been volunteered for a, a mission to help the Romulans, with or and, without the uh, rest of the fleet. Uh, anyways, I was wait, trying wait, to make it. Wait. This sounding really familiar there. For me? Yes, I was trying to make a Star Trek <laughs> You know sexy. how I've dealt with the Romulans. Don't trust them. Don't believe them. Let them they die. They killed my nephew. Jordy. Somehow they're responsible for the destruction of the D. They destroyed my ship. Jordy, guess who is coming to dinner? <laughs> no, yes. Romulan ale should be illegal. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> you guys seen that like super cut on f- f- YouTube? That's like all the mentions of Romulan ale, and it like cuts back and forth. Like the ban's been lifted. Romulan ale should be illegal. It is. It isn't. It isn't. It is. It is. It is. Let's drink it. No, let's drink it. No, let's drink it. Well, it's it's yeah. like though, and I don't know if y'all. I mean, Daniel, a little bit so, but y'all not being in the South. You know, there's there's counties that, uh, along the South that still have to, uh, like, every election year, they'll be voting whether to allow, you know, um, alcohol to be sold, you know, and it's always, like, the big thing, like, that hasn't, you know, they haven't Who ever Who's going to turn that down? Uh, it has happened. It has happened. Because it'll just bring, you know, the spirits with their, you know, crazy ways and, you know, looseness of morals. And I don't know. Daniel knows what I'm <laughs> talking about, right? Uh, no. No, I'm from New York, Philip. I don't know anything about your southern ways. No, I was talking about I was talking about loose morals and crazy ways. You know. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> ah, yes, yeah. yes. Well, that's because I'm a true 24th century citizen, <laughs> Philip. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I think and this obviously is not an original thought by any stretch of the imagination. You know, the movies, and not just Next Gen, but Next Gen is what we're talking about, are like you know, if you had to classify them, I mean, other than sci-fi, they're action adventure. Well. Not every episode of Star Trek The Next Generation is action-adventure. And so if you're doing an action-adventure movie, which arguably they did every time, um, then, you know, sometimes – and I mean, Picard isn't always the action-adventurer. You know, sometimes they let Riker or Data, you know, were sort of like the TV show where most of the time Picard did sit in the chair and, you know, all the other people got to do the action-adventuring or AA. Um, and, um, <laughs> was that really necessary, Philip? I'm not. Data, data did get drunk one time. That's right. So, 
Well, it makes me think of the the Blu-rays and like the trailers. Like, remember when every season trailer came out, like, and you saw it like online, it was heavily edited around like the actiony shots. You know, jumping over railings, crusher. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's like, you know, that's interesting that that you know, when you have to distill a season of next gen down to a 30 second, one minute commercial, what do you include? Do you, I mean, yes, we have like the, the, you know, the grand slams, you know, the shots from, you know, measure of a man and things like that, but there's quite a few, you know, phaser shots and it's like all the special effects is what they wanted to showcase. Like, like if, if you had some sort of space movie where there was just like lots of shooting like what would you like? Some kind of conflict was like the major like part war? of the movie. Yeah, in I the mean, stars, what would you, maybe. Yeah. But the, the, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, let's not kid ourselves or the or the listeners. Like the, there are the reasons are obvious, right? The reasons are because what what sells, yeah. right? And obviously, well, apparently, that's according to the news reports, not very well from the Blu rays. <laughs> Thanks, next well, gen. Right, but also. I mean, also think about it. Like the the moments that we think about that we really love and and cherish as fans of the show. Uh, first of all, they don't make any sense out of context. Like if you're not watching the episode or you're not with the characters throughout their arcs, like it's not going to make any sense. You know, or to have a scene where Data is talking to some, you know, some random admiral comes out of the door and says, his fingers were moving as fast as I couldn't it's even gonna see. It's going to mean nothing. Like, that would mean absolutely nothing to anybody who was watching the trailer. But it, like that stuff will, like, you know, maybe, 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 I don't know, get dusty in the room, possibly. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense to advertise those things. And it doesn't make sense to emphasize those things. But those are the things that are Star Trek to us. Though, though in That's my true. head, and I, I can only, like, grab scenes. But, like, I'm almost picturing, like, in, you know, instead of doing the action-adventure teaser trailer for a Blu-ray season... Think of like a House of Cards political thriller cut trailer of Star <laughs> Trek The Next Generation. Like you could have like scenes from the drum head and then you could have like the conspiratorial Romulan and Klingon stuff and you could have like the conspiracy stuff and you know, you know, there's a lot of like spooky, uh, you know, thrillers, which I mean, because there are, I mean, a, a polit- I'm stretching a little bit, I know, but there are some political thriller aspects um, to Star Trek. Obviously, it's not like House of Cards, I know, but but there there are points of that drama. House of Picards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got the title. Yeah, the, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that would be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, if TNG had a little more linear storylines with connecting points, not that it doesn't, but more like today television, I think that would have been easier to to draw out uh, and make that suspense part of the focus. But wasn't there a someone made like a fan T, uh, DS9 trailer that was kind of like that, if I recall? Of course, now I'm just picturing Picard sitting in his ready room, like, you know, Teal Gray Hot sits in his ready room, and it's like, did you all miss me? (laughs) (laughs) And and he's got his cutest repair, you know, stuff on his face, and he, like, turns and looks out the window, and he remembers. And he hires, like, Livingston as his hitman that goes, kills all the people. I I got the whole thing. I'm going now. Well, one of the last things I wanted to talk about was to take a cup to do a swap, like take an episode of, you know, next gen and say, well, what, what would be different if, if movie Picard was in this chair, you know, during this. And, uh, for example, I thought of, uh, the wounded where you have renegade captain Maxwell, uh, you know, Picard would have beamed over to the Cardassian ship, then the shot all the Cardassians, <laughs> um, bare chested, and then like beamed over and high five Ben Maxwell, and then they both were like, you know, chugged beers, and that would have been. <laughs> all right, all right, and Daniel, what do you think? Uh, Picard would have done? <laughs> oh, that is a what's a kind of a strange question. I don't. What would movie Picard have done in The Wounded? <laughs> it's the new W-W-M-P-D-D. What would Picard in Dolby Surround Sound do? I, I have no idea. You're, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm, I would have to think about that. Um, I don't really... I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I really would have to think well, about because, that. That's... Well, because it's movie Picard, there would have to be a theme. 
there would have to be some sort of because there's always a thing like worth the throwing board at him like to show up. You know. Your nephew's dead. Go. You know, or you know, <laughs> maybe Ben Maxwell's like 90 years old, and it's all about aging because you know we haven't talked about that. Yeah, maybe ever. maybe they were friends at the academy. No, but they Ben didn't Maxwell, he washed out or something. And then, oh, wait, I'm just reading Michael Pillar's original script for Insurrection. Never mind. And there's Hagrid's Keep. And no. (laughs) You know what I was actually, this is a little off topic, but you know what? We've been doing that the whole show. So, um, you know, the action off topic. Here we go. (laughs) The action in Generations is actually fairly uh, tame, right? So it's like three semi geriatric men fighting on some cliffs. Like, that's not really that intense. Like, Philip said, Picard is definitely more emotional than he is in the show, but it's not, he's not action hero Picard. They barely beat, they had to get, like, a one-up to beat this old guy up together. And so, (laughs) you know, it's not, like, this crazy (laughs) action. Are you you talking about when Mario, like, dies and he comes back with an extra life? This is Prince of Persia that they have to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, he comes back with Luigi, and now he's, like... Mario and Luigi, and they can take out uh, Wario. <laughs> this is actually a. Is it more like uh, Sonic and. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Emergency power to analogy generators. <laughs> I will. No, I will actually give you a really good analogy. I, I was actually just saying that as a general video game kind of thing, but very specifically, if any anybody's familiar with Scott Pilgrim, the movie, based off the, the comics, uh, he gets a one up and gets to redo a part of the scene because. He got the one up, and that's kind of exactly what they do in generations. Mm-hmm. He like he gets to redo everything that because uh, yeah, well, because Picard had to go and unlock the secret level to gain the new character and unlock. He took them the so warp pipe. <laughs> that's what the nexus is. Yeah, it's a warp pipe. <laughs> well, you, it, it matches because like when he's looking at that Christmas tree, all I can hear is do 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 do. Oh, okay. I don't know how far we want to. I am going to send emergency powers to uh, this analogy. <laughs> I found the power. Be- I cut the power because- of life support if you have to. And in insurrection, when Data actually goes into walks in the water, you can hear do 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 do. So, in uh, we know from bloop, bloop. lessons bloop, bloop. that that uh, Picard. Well, not lessons. We know from well, sorry, we know from uh, the Inner Light that Picard plays the flute. And very famously in Super Mario Brothers three, did you the just flute mistake will... lessons for <laughs> inner life? Well, no, he it's, plays... it's the, the magic he... flute is in both the, the warp flute. Is <laughs> okay, <both. laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. So he you, he just basically used his magic flute to get from world season seven to world the movies, and that's <laughs> the that's world the movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess the title now: World the Movies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, uh, well, and then the example I was I was gonna think of to uh, reverse that. So, like a movie that was like an episode. I was foolishly gonna say, "What if uh, Nemesis was a TV?" Oh, wait, it literally was practically. Who watches the Watchers? So, Insurrection. You mean? Yes, that's that what I said. You uh, said Nemesis. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, you're you're trying to think of the bad movie, and that's what came to mind. I got it. <laughs> Stop it, Philip. Stop it. No, but that's actually an interesting comparison, right? Because they essentially, if you boil it down, it's it's kind of that same plot. I mean, it has similar Uh, threads for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it's like it's basically they took um, Who Watches the Watchers, uh, Worf's brother episode. I know what you oh, mean. Oh, God. No one remember yeah. Homebound or something. Homebound. Oh, homeward. Uh, homeward Bound. Homeward. Homeward Bound. The yeah. Incredible Journey. Uh, the Incredible <laughs> Journey. Okay, which was the dog? Which was the cat? Here we go again. Wait, no, no. That's, that's the uh, young this adult Star Trek movie. This is why people tune in to Earl Grey. Okay, Starring. we gotta give them answers. This is the director dv spot spinoff Star Trek oh. movie. Okay, so Spot's the cat, sassy, obviously. <laughs> wait, uh, wait a minute. This is the this is Spot's Chance version of Shadow. Generations. Let's see. Uh, okay, so which, which one's How Beagle the How did he get from Art? Data's quarters to that shuttle bay, huh? Huh? This is an unanswered question. Oh, uh, uh. man. I, I For some reason, I, I had actually replaced 
the cat in Homeward Bound with an orange cat-like spot. <laughs> but that's that's not how the cat it's looks at all. Not at all. No. I mean, it, and was it all. a girl or a boy? I don't even know. <laughs> now we could we could replace uh, Ar- Archer's beagle, Porthos, with uh, <gasps> Chance. Oh, now this, so this was this is like the generations of generations. We're in the Nexus. Ooh. That's where this all takes place, pet, of course. The so. pet Nexus. The pet Mom, nexus. Daddy, the Pexus. Daddy, the, do pets the, have a nexus too? The Pexus. <laughs> Didn't uh, uh, Kirk had a, a dog in the oh, nexus too? Uh, Butler. Butler is now <laughs> Shadow. So we have the adventures homeward bound of Butler, uh, Porthos, and Spot. Will they make it back to their owners in Montana? Oh man, I I, I uh, actually need to rewatch this. I would watch the Guardian of Forever. <laughs> Oh God! How did we even get on this topic? Best segue ever. Oh man! <laughs> uh, was it, wasn't Michael J. Fox one of the voices of? Yeah, these he's the voice of Chance. Oh man, I have yeah. not seen this movie in like twenty yeah. years. It is a yeah. We watched. I watched it probably right, sometime so this year. Next week, listeners will be doing a commentary of <laughs> Homeward Bound: The Incredible Pexus. <laughs> You, oh boy! You see, it's a animal-based uh, temporal nexus of. I'm I'm surprised we came up with two dogs and a cat in all of Star Trek. That I'm <laughs> I'm more surprised at that than anything. Now, how does Picard's saddle come into this? Because <laughs> his horse. <laughs> you know, to be fair, um, I, uh, I I think from Women at Warp, Andy, who has been a uh, a guest here on our show before, would be upset with us if we didn't mention. Um, even though she wasn't qualified, I guess, apparently. Uh, but we didn't mention Ninja Cat, who also could have played the cat role. Uh, but I guess that's not TNG-related, so it makes sense that we... She could also play the human role. That's true. She, she's Wait, multi-faceted. remind me, who's the Ninja Cat? This is from Gary Seven uh, and his uh, Isis. Actually, I remember the terrorist in Spark name. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Isis the Cat in... Um, Oh, is this is this a TOS episode? Uh, operate, or Operation Annihilate okay. Earth. Operation Annihilate. No, 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 no. Operation Annihilate. No, yeah. no, no, it's not Operation Annihilate. It's um, Assignment Isn't Earth. It? Assignment Earth. That's oh. what it is. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, yes, yes. if I'm guessing with someone knowing an episode title, I'm kind of gonna lean towards no, Philip a little bit yeah, in that with, one. Go so. with Philip. Go with yeah, definitely go with Philip. I'm not gonna know it. So <laughs> I can't believe I pulled. I don't even know if I did. I didn't remember, but I can't believe I remembered Homer wow. Bound as this e- sounds movie. like quite the. Menagerie. Wait, that's are the we, are we even prime. on a topic nah, at this yeah, point? No. That's about, uh, let's, I think I think that's the final ding ding. That's the final thoughts bell right there, bringing us back home. Um, yeah, amongst the many topics we've discussed here on Trek FM, I, I get the feeling the general consensus is kind of, you know, yes, movie card is different, but. In, in in more ways than we'd expect, it, it is kind of a progression of the character and does seem in line with the things he's experiencing in the movie. Rebuttal, Philip. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the difference between podcast Earl Grey and feature length Earl Grey, I mean, there's a difference. <laughs> and making more sense, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I don't want to... I mean, I do have issues too. I just, I, I, we I know. wish we, we had. Know. I know. I know. On topic. On topic, I wish we had seen more of that of of the the kind of Picard that we mentioned in those episodes. Like, but it's just like drumhead speech Picard just doesn't fit in the movies. It just isn't like. Yeah. I mean, how many people does it take, Admiral? I mean, I would. I mean, he he gets close to that, and I'll give. Philip, you'll like this. I'm going to give Insurrection credit. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly right. He gets close to that in that scene. But I said like five nice things about Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 to be fair, there are other moments in the movies that that we still do get that aspect of his character. But it's like it does seem to be overshadowed. But I understand why, so I don't get too upset or offended by it because it just you know it makes sense to me. Uh, the closest to a Star Trek episode that we get in all 12 of the current Star Trek movies is the motion picture. And I know, uh, you know, 
some people love it and and I think it's a relatively small amount of people that love it love it uh, I, I kind of do find it dull and, and, and there are a lot of criticisms that most people levy against it I, I agree with I don't hate it but it's just you know it just doesn't translate well it's not it's not doesn't seem to fit the movie structure and I think that you have to make adjustments to put these characters, these stories onto the big screen. And I understand that as a result of that, things will change. So, uh, you know, that's why I don't, I don't throw my arms up in frustration with this kind of issue that a lot of people do, but I understand what they're saying. Arms raised in victory. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well talking about, uh, T card versus <laughs> Picardum. <laughs> it's not the only thing we're talking about here <laughs> on Trek FM this week. Here's a list of what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. And the Slaver Weapon's the only episode of the original with uh, no Kirk in it. Nope, I'm not there no yet. Spoilers, jeez. Wait, there's no Kirk in that? I, I, no. I didn't even know. I'm gonna have to it, check that it out. It completely takes place starting off with the shuttlecraft and only the people that are in the shuttle. Earl Grey. Contraction free. It soon's guarantee. <laughs> I've got to get married. <laughs> no. The orb. Well, apparently, and did you find this interesting, Matthew? Apparently. The Navark reports directly to the prophets. Which is awkward because they don't always show up for meetings, so... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you never know what time the meeting is really going to be, right? That is true. It could have been yesterday, and you might have missed it. The Ready Room. Do you think this episode would have been so popular and remain a fan favorite if the Enterprise had been overrun with zebra mussels? <laughs> <laughs> to the journey! It's, it's so average American. It's like Joe Smith. And no offense to Joe Smith, it's just, I could have tried a little harder. I mean, come on. You might as well call her Jane Doe. So far, not off to a good start. So far, I'm judging you, Shark. Give me a moment. Give me a moment. Commentary, Trek Stars. He just went into so much research about the details of putting together, like, the historical context of this show that it was really sort of astounding. The 602 Club. The young adult novels have their own um, framing devices that tie in to The Force Awakens. And I think that if they had uh, put those front and center, maybe even expanded one of them uh, or what have you, I think that would have served the strategy better. I definitely do. Literary treks. Well, that really is the bottom line, you know. And, and I think it's particularly uh, difficult with this group of characters because in some ways you're looking at folks who literally are the brightest and the best, right? So um, in some ways we need them not to have feet of clay. We need them to be so much better and stronger than we are so that we have something to shoot for. Women at Warp. There's always a touchstone, and this was as close to a touchstone as they ever got with Pulaski. Plus she banged Riker's dad. Oh, Andy. I'm sorry. I just think it's so funny. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to Trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trekfm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. 
Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. So, Daniel, if someone wants to talk to you about how you can fit video game analogies quick and easy into their podcast, where can they find you? Oh, I have so many in my pocket. Uh, they can find me at 1UpDan. And by the way, I used a 1UP analogy in the show today. Uh, and of course, that's the number one, not the word. Ten points if you if you found the uh, the one up reference. We hide them everywhere. And Philip, if someone wants to talk to you about you know which movie is the best, where would they find you? Um, well, they could find me um in my uh, home net theater watching Moulin Rouge. But I think you were talking about Star Trek. Um, so <laughs> but they can uh, find me on Twitter, and that's at NC Public Servant. That's NC for North Carolina. And if someone wanted to talk to me about which movies should or should not have monoliths or dramatic uh, interludes in the middle, they can find me under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. Well, guys, now I'm going to go, you know, rewatch Homeward Bound because that's, I think, what we're all going to do, right? That's uh, do a group watch. Are you going to do it right meow? Oh, Oh, yes. So I'll go pop in the DVD and live long and prosper. Make it so. Engage. Fire. Fire.